Hi everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. In this week's show, we're going to be talking about prop culture. We'll also be talking about a number of the new trailers that dropped, um, delays to movies. We're also going to be talking about um, the Clone Wars and everything else that has been added to Disney Plus this past week. So uh, let's jump into it first off before we go into any of the news, etc. Just a big thank you to all of our patrons, including Andrew Giuseppe, Joshua, Julie, and What's on Netflix for all of your support in making sure that the podcast can continue to survive each week. Moving on and yeah, all of your support readers make all of the difference. And also, just a quick note as well, we will have a special um, episode up tomorrow all about with our kind of retro review of Captain America, the first Avenger. So that's going to be something we're going to be talking because I've literally just finished watching it. So there we go. Um, So let's move on to the news of the week, really. And kind of this week's a little bit different because um, I have managed to see three episodes of Prop Culture, which come out next week. So I have put up my written reviews on the website and... Obviously, James hasn't seen them, so I'm going to let him ask me some questions, and then I'm going to um, try and answer them uh, first off. So, um, yeah, so let's jump into it, James, shall we? Uh, well, the first question, just so we've got a baseline here, yeah. the three episodes you saw, what were the focuses? The What were the shows or movies that they were talking about? Okay, so the first episode was Mary Poppins, the second episode was Tron, and the third episode was Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. And about how long each are each of the episodes? They're about 34 to 35 minutes a piece. Oh, that's actually much longer than I was expecting. Yeah. Okay, so we got, we got the basic ones out of the way. Um, Mary Poppins, we're both big fans of the movies. What were some of the, the coolest items? Or st- Yeah, let's stick with items for the moment. Or the, well, the, it's kind things. of interesting because when they talk about items, there are certain props and stuff that they go into. For example, Mary Poppins' bag, and there was also the snow globe, and... Um, some of the dresses and outfits and like a broom, uh, one of the um, chimney sweeps and all the rest of it. But it's the way that the show kind of brings them up because each time they pro- talk about a prop, they go and see somebody, either someone that um, either who has it or more importantly, they bring it to somebody that was involved in that initial scene. So they take it to one of the choreographers for the chimney sweep or they take it um, so they took like the dress of the young girl. They took it to the actress that played the young girl. And when they um, found like the snow globe, they ended up taking them to Walt's um, office in Burbank. And they had, uh, was it Richard M. Sherman? And also the guy that played him in Save it, Saving Mr. Banks. And so they kind of incorporated a lot of other people into, into the prop. So it wasn't necessarily just like, oh, here's a prop. This is all about it. They kind of had these people give their um, thoughts and sort of reminisce about the time and give you extra bits about the filming and things like that. It was a little, it was a lot more sort of in depth and they kind of different, they were flying around all over the place, different locations. So like, so the Mary Poppins one had a lot more, because of the age of the movie, it was much more physical props and just, just stories. And, you know, it, it was, it was a very interesting way of doing it. So on the, the same idea, you mentioned that, that um, these were older. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, that's much more recent, but it's also uh, claymation. So yeah. was that more like the little models or? Yeah, see with the Nightmare Before Christmas episode, it was much more, because there was so much more props, but also everyone had the things in much more better condition. They were all much more aware of it. Um, some of them were breaking down a little bit, but generally they've been restoring them. They even met with um, Danny Elfman, who did all the singing and also made all the songs, and he, he was showing him bits. But also the presenter, um, Dan, he's also got a large collection of Nightmare Before Christmas bits and pieces. And that was much more, like, here's some cool stuff, and let's show you how they made it. And they showed you the robot, you know, like the, the, the wires underneath, and they went and met a guy that showed you that made all the wires. And it was... Tr- it was much more of a, almost like a, a making of documentary than just here is a prop. It was much more going into not only here is a prop of a, the model, but here's the set and here's how we designed the set and here's how we made the set and this is how the set piece works. It was much more informative. It was a very, very good like behind the scenes documentary. It was probably one of the best ones um, I've seen for a long time. And I'm going to be honest, I think this series is, is up there not necessarily the Imagineering story, but it is be- just below that in terms of the quality, the way it's shot. It is very informative. If you love behind the scenes stuff, this goes into it. It's, it's a little bit sh- fluffy, but it's not like here's an advert because obviously it's a 30, 40, 60 year old movie. So it's not, so, but 
I was really impressed. I kind of got to the end of it. That was, that was for adults. That was not a, a kid's documentary. That was, that was meant for people that love, you know, behind the scenes that want to know more and get to behind it. It wasn't aimed at kids. And I really enjoyed it. It was probably one of the best things I've seen on Disney Plus for ages. So it also sounds like um, they're not taking a specific format because with the Mary Poppins one, you were talking about how they, they went back and talked to people involved with the casting. And that sounds a little behind the scenes, but it more sounds anecdotal. Whereas the yeah. uh, Nightmare Before Christmas sounds more of a, this is how we made it. So well, they kind of went ahead. and sort of spoke with the guy, you know, the designers and brought them and took them and showed them what they'd been working on. And they're like, oh, I haven't seen this since I made it. And this is how it worked. And it was, you know, they were explaining how they did it while obviously with the actual piece of item as well. So there was definitely a difference between the three episodes and how it was, um, the sort of the, the format was slightly different, I think, and it'll be interesting to see where it goes with the other five episodes of the season because there's going to be eight altogether and they're all going to be dropping on the 1st of May. They aren't doing the stretching out week to week. They're dropping all of it at one go. So I think that's going to be a big difference. There's the, they did feel slightly different, but that felt more about how those movies were all made so differently. That was kind of pushed where they had to go with it. It sounds a lot like the, uh, the Disney Insider episode or the portion of the Disney Insider where they brought the, the animation stills from um, Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast that those, those animators had worked on and then they had stories, except much longer, 40 minutes long. So uh, wrap up, since we haven't talked about Tron yeah. at all, real fast. Obviously, most of the iconic stuff in Tron are from the digital side of yeah. things, you know, the light cycles and uh, the, the disc battles and such. How did they handle that? Well, they did go into a little bit of the, the actual computer generated how they did it. But they went and met the guy that did all the initial set, all the initial concept art. And he showed them like some of the concept art. And then they kind of showed you this is where this idea came from. You know, like the idea, you know, like the that 90 degree turn you know they explained why that came about you know and it was just like thinking also it's like it showed there wasn't really a lot of props for this movie which meant that it's a lot harder for them to get hold of you know they managed to get hold of you know the costumes and they brought the guy that played um tron he was there with his outfit um they even went and spoke with the director of the movie and at his house and they went and he explored all the like merchandise and stuff that he'd collected and there was a few bits and pieces, like there was a big Tron sign that they kind of, that they dealt with. And they got all of the guys, they had like all four of them together that had made, that were behind it. And they were talking about how they made it. So I always loved the Tron movie because I was into video games and it was kind of that thing. But it always seemed old, even when I was a kid, even though I was, it was in the 80s. It, it aged, it probably hasn't aged great, but it was like, a, of its time, amazing. I mean, they showed like some artwork of, how they did it's just it was much more of a behind it, it felt more like a behind the scenes thing the props were there and it was kind of but it wasn't it didn't feel like it's forced it wasn't like here's a yeah okay here's a bit of a prop force prop and this is what they did but then this is how they turned it onto screen and how what they did and i thought uh, was, this is as hardly any props there was also, and you kind of think, when you look at it now and you go, oh yeah, there wasn't really that many compared to like Nightmare Before Christmas, but there were just tons of them, hundreds and thousands of bits of props. All right, so one last question. This is about the, more the format than anything. Just to confirm for people, there's no like underlying thread between the stories. You can go, ooh, I really loved Tron. I'm just going to go straight into the Tron episode or I can go to the Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean episode and watch that. If that's they, right. Yeah, they are all completely independent. There is no... Um, crossed thread, there's nothing going on. Literally got the intro at the beginning where he introduces it and, and that's the same intro for all of them. I mean, I could have ended up watching episodes, you know, four, eight, and nine, and I don't, or sort of, I could have watched any three episodes and I don't think it would have made any difference which format, or which order you watched them in. If you're only interested in Roger Rabbit, then just watch the Roger Rabbit episode. You know, you can jump in and out and, you know, you might be like, well, I don't really like that movie, so I'm not going to bother watching it. Um, I'll be honest, it's like Nightmare Before Christmas. I've always been a bit of a funny with that movie. Um, it's obviously iconic and it's massive and it's been part of video games and Kingdom Hearts and when you go to the theme parks, he's all over the place and people love Jack and I love the music, but every time I sit there and watch it, I'm just like, oh, I really just, just does not, I don't watch it religiously. It's not one of my favorite movies to watch, but I love 
the actual look of the characters and the music I love and I was I kind of got to the end and went kind of my it's like I didn't quite get around to watching it but I was like you know I really probably should watch that movie probably again and see how it works after I've seen this because yeah I was not a really big fan of I, it's that really weird thing with that movie but I really enjoyed the documentary because of how they did it and obviously of, of the Tim Burton stuff and all the rest of it and I was impressed. I, I mean, I watched all three in one afternoon, back to back. And I was like, well, that's, you know, the idea of watching three back to back, you know, it wasn't boring. They were completely all different. And I, I just really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. And the same with The Nightmare Before Christmas. I, I love the, the song, you know, the, the song, the, you know, this is Halloween. Um, and I love seeing, um, what I'm thinking of, The Haunted Mansion all yeah. decked out in the, uh, nightmare before christmas regalia during the christmas yeah. season uh, it it really brings that that ride to you know it adds a, yeah. a, an extra layer to that ride but overall the movie i'm just like eh, yeah it's, it's a movie um yeah. mostly because i don't go for like the macabre kind of thing all mm-hmm. that often and that movie is very much a tribute to macabre yeah, I just, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, as far as like claymation stuff, you know, we're obviously we're being British, like Wallace and Gromit has always been a big part of that. And it's just kind of, just kind of mixing it and all. And I just, I just honestly felt that this was a really good series. Um, and I'm actually, in some ways, like, it's just like a shame they've not dropped these weekly because this would have been great. I mean, but this series, honestly, don't sleep on it. Don't just think of it. It's not as, it's not as fluffy. It's not an, an advertisement like the Disney Insider or One Day at Disney. Disney. These are good. These are if you enjoy filmmaking and you enjoy all of this, you know that's what you you know. If you've ever you know if you ever go into the extras on a Blu-ray or you want to find out more and you watch the featurettes and sometimes you kind of watch them and you kind of go, I just felt more like a trailer. This is a this is a full-on you know thirty-five minute documentary telling you how they how they made it, the props, the design process. Um, also the presenter Dan he is very much he is a fan he's a, like he's a fan first he collects this stuff himself he's very kind of um, in some ways it's a thing of you know he could be doing a podcast or a website or you know a YouTube channel and it's that kind of it's enthusiasm for it you know he's not just uh, just there as a presenter and just oh fluffy oh well, do I have to say these lines and I, you know he's pulling things out oh this is in my collection and I've got this oh yeah, I've got friends, they've got that. And it's like, you can tell he knows what he's talking about with regards to, you know, they've gone, gone out and found an expert in this to present it. And, you know, and he is, you know, when he sees stuff coming out, you can see it on his face that he's interested in what he's being presented rather than, you know, sometimes you see these TV shows and it's like, this person will say anything if you put it on a card. <laughs> it's like, this guy, lo- you can tell he loves what he's doing. That always makes a, a show a little bit more, entertaining it and it's obvious it it's so obvious when someone is not into it and when someone is into it so that's very good to hear i'm i'm super excited to watch it i love prop Mm. shows i love uh just how movies are made in general uh i'm i wish it was weekly so i didn't feel like i had to watch the whole thing in a in a binge instead of enjoying it at my own pace but i will do i will pick out the movies that i'm most interested in hit those first and then go through Mm. the rest later yeah i mean obviously next week when you've seen some of them it'll be easier for us to go through and do like a full and get your opinion on it as well and obviously i'm going to be trying to watch some of the other later episodes as well for the first time this week so next week will be kind of a continuation it was just just really nice just to kind of watch a few of these shows and go in well okay this is this is good this is so much i can't wait to watch the other five episodes from the season and i'm in i'm completely in on going this is a fantastic series this is going to be you know when i do my list articles on the website about originals that this is going to be high up that list that's going to, you know he's going to be in the top for quite a while um you just just looking at how this series goes like they've they've took the time and they've i think and even just how they edit it and stuff like when they shoot it you'll see it when you watch it and you're like you know they'll do the overhead shots of the cities with the names and they're like okay they've actually spent some money on this this is just this looks good and yeah I've, i i really can't recommend this enough when it hits on friday get on there watch watch an episode you don't have to watch them in order what you know if you're interested in one particular movie just jump in and watch that one um i can't wait to watch the uh, the muppets and the roger rabbit ones and yeah it's um yeah like i said i haven't seen these three first episodes i'm sold i'm really is it was always that kind of thing of like 
okay, at the minute, between this and Clone Wars, I'm kind of enjoying this. This is getting some good stuff. It's like, after sort of, it was getting a little bit ropey. They go, oh, can we? It's like, I would like to get above a three on my like rating scale. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, no, I enjoyed that. That was good. But, yeah. I, I will admit, when I saw the reviews pop up on what's on, I was like, oh, did it drop early? I need, I need to go watch these right now. And I was like, oh, no, it's not on yet. <laughs> I was like, okay, right, wow. I was like, yeah, it's like that was like, um, it's definitely good to see them, and yeah, can't rec- recommend them enough, really. So now let's move on to some of the news from this past week. So first off, we did get a new trailer for the Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian series, which is also going to be dropping on May the fourth. The first episode with new episodes dropping each Friday. I'm um, pretty cool. Again, this is going to be more behind the scenes stuff of The Mandalorian. And yeah, what did you think of that trailer? I thought the trailer was fine. Uh, it looks more like a roundtable discussion more mm-hmm. than a, a, an exploration of it. Although they, they did show things like the giant 360 uh, video wall that they used for on quote unquote on location shooting, uh, showed some of the props, showed uh, you know them working the baby Yoda doll and, and so forth. Yeah. So that, that's interesting. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'll be checking it out on May the 4th. Uh, absolutely. But uh, I mean, it's just a trailer. We'll, we'll yeah, it, what the format ends up It being. was, um, I think actually, I think that the round table format is going to be able to allow this to extend a little bit. It's going to allow a little bit more. It's almost that kind of podcasty kind of thing where they're ever going to be sort of shooting across the table. And they've got some big names involved in this. And it was like, okay, that's going to give them a little bit more freedom to talk you know, they're having a conversation because I mean, I like there's a version like this on the WWE network where they have like they all three guys sit at a table and they all, you know, banter. And, and I'm looking at this going, OK, actually, I think this format will allow this to be a little bit more flexible, a little, a little bit more interesting. Again, I'm thinking with the once a week, I think that's probably the best because eight episodes all at once. Suddenly they're going, oh, crikey, that could be. I mean, we don't know how long those episodes are, but, you know, a three to five hour behind the scenes documentary on an eight episode series might be a excessive. at least with prop culture it's half an hour on a two hour movie and they got a little, but yeah i'm um it's one of those kind of weird ones i'm looking forward to watching it and i'm glad it's going to be weekly because we're going to see how it goes when that one drops i would like to see some of the round tables mix up who is at them because it looked like from the trailer there's a round table with the directors there's a round table yeah. with some of the key actors there's a round table with maybe the writers i'd like to see directors and actors maybe at the same table because they bring different perspectives and it's yeah. interesting to hear them bounce off each other where you know a director might say oh we decided to shoot this shot because uh we needed to see baby yoda walking around or something like that and um, and the actor will go oh i didn't realize that yeah. was why we did it that way yeah i think it's good i mean i'm, go- I'm gonna be honest this is kind of thing really for me it's like uh, it's with pedro pascal i didn't know who he was until the Mandalorian. And I'm going to be honest, the Mandalorian, he might not have even been on set other than that one scene. <laughs> um, it was a bit long. And I watched the Kingsman uh, Golden Circle movie for the first time yesterday. We rented it because it was, and it was like weird. So, you know, he's doing all, have you seen that movie? Uh, yeah, I've seen it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he's doing all these things. I'm like, oh, so that's actually who he is. Because I, I just generally, it's like, you know, he did all these, and it's like, he's, you know, he's in the Mandalorian. I'm going, well, he didn't really do a huge amount in the Mandalorian. It's difficult. To so I was, I'm looking forward to seeing where that comes in and sort of hearing the directors and stuff and just the idea really. But yeah, as we said, it's, it's a bit of a strange series, this one. I mean, I'm glad they've waited until the, um, the European launched. It could kind of stretch it out a little bit. But um, moving on from that one there, we also got um, a new trailer for uh, the was it i can't even it was a dog show i can't even i've completely drawn a blank on it some they have so many dog shows (laughs) which i'm not complaining i love dog shows dogs cats oh it's a dog's life for bill farmer i'd completely just had a uh a bold moment there where yeah so they released a new 30 second trailer again it's just a nice kind of fluffy trailer about 30 seconds i thought that one was looks okay i i wouldn't say i'm necessarily I'm super excited about this series. I'm going to give it a go when it comes out, but uh, it's kind of, I'm going in with so low, with not really low expectations, but I'm not really kind of going, yay. It's like, okay. Um, but I'm happy to, happy to see what it's all about. I just need cute dogs, cute cats, 
cute pets of any kind, I'm fine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be a, a, a deep show. We don't need interviews with the dogs explaining, you know, how, <laughs> how great it was to be working with this director. No, I just want cute dogs playing and, and maybe you get a couple voiceover narration bits that are funny or, or entertaining. Yeah. Okay, so moving on from there, uh, just a quick note as well. It's apparently work is now underway on this third season of The Mandalorian. Um, hardly really a big surprise, but the, the concept artwork is going on. They are, uh, John Favreau is currently writing the script for the third season. And obviously the other guys are all working on the... It's probably that situation where they're all at home. They've got time to work on sorting out the, the deals, the contracts, everything that can be done away from the, from the set and stuff. So it's good to know that the third season is currently underway. But obviously the second season is going through all probably editing and directing and all those kind of bits and pieces right now. But a lot of that can be done kind of remotely, really. Um, but yeah, Mandalorian season three. Uh, this could be years away because we've still got the, the Cassian Andor show and the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. There's also apparently another new show being created um, by the producer behind the Russian Doll series. We don't yet know much about that one other than it's a female protagonist, which could maybe be that Asako Tano spin-off, or it could be something completely separate. We don't yet know. But I'm thinking Mandalorian season three could be two, three years out if we've got all these other series dropping. It depends how quickly they can turn it around. It does, and some of that's going to depend on the state of the world, obviously. Yeah. I think they want to turn it around fast. I think they want the Mandalorian to be, if not annual, semi-annual maybe a, an 18 month turnaround yeah. kind of thing. It, it is their big show seller. It is the first thing that, that people are going, Oh, this is what I need to get Disney plus. And I realized by the time we get to season two, assuming things don't go completely off the rails, we'll also have Falcon and the winter soldier and, and other stuff lined up to, to bulk it out. But I think the Mandalorian is at least for the next couple of years, the linchpin show, and they're going to want to get that content out as fast as they can. Yeah, and also I think, you know, we talked about it last week and I think the gallery show is going to show this. That concept of that round circle of screens so they don't have to go anywhere. I, the next year to two years, this sounds like exactly what Disney needs. I think that set is going to be set up permanently and they're going to be using that technology on as many shows as they possibly can to, um, rather than traveling. You know, we need to go to this location. We're just going to film outside on there. It it's literally takes away the need for them to go to these different places. Yes, physical sets are amazing, but right now they'll be looking at going, how quickly can we turn this stuff around? And that te I think that technology is going to be used a lot on some of these. I don't know necessarily about the movies, but I think on the TV series, I think we'll see a lot of this. To be honest, before they announced the, the 360 wall until they started really elaborating on what it was, I really didn't realize that a lot of the Mandalorian was shot on a soundstage. I thought they had done a lot of a fair amount of location yeah. shooting and turned out they hadn't. So that was always the big question between shooting on a soundstage and shooting on location is there's more of an authenticity mm -hmm. to shooting on location. The Mandalorian really kind of blurred that line a lot. I just think it's kind of the idea of that they can be in those locations and set things up. I think we'll just see a more of it, but definitely good to know that we've got some more stuff coming from that on there. Moving on again with that, the current situation, uh, Disney and Sony and have announced a number of changes to the upcoming lineup. First off, Dr. Strange, the multiverse of madness has now moved date once again. It will now be coming out on March the 25th, 2022. The date that I had set of November the 5th, it's going to be the third Spider-Man um, Homecoming movie. That's been pushed back from July to November. I mean, the idea that Marvel and Sony are not working together on this is not at all surprising at that point because, you know, they've moved, they've swapped dates. And um, what that also has done is it's now moved the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse movie, has also pushed back from April 2022 to October 2022. The only good news is Thor Love and Thunder is moving forward a week to February 11th, 2022. And also they announced earlier this week a little bit of detail just for regards to Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. That one there has also been delayed and that one will be coming out, I'm just bringing this one, October, we are supposed to be out this October, it's now going to be June 25th, 2021. So that obviously 
just all the Marvel movies, they're all shuffling. They're all getting them way out of the way. They're pushing them way back. And, just, and I suspect there's going to be a lot more changes depending on how long this goes on for um, with the cinemas. Obviously, as well, that pushes back what happens for Disney+. Plus. You know, if a movie is pushed back, I think uh, Doctor Strange is pushed back nearly, what, 18 months? It's, it's pushed back quite a bit now. Quite a drop. <laughs> and obviously that might have an impact on WandaVision because it's supposed to be that they were kind of interconnected and that was supposed to set up the movie and... That was supposed to be coming in in December this year, and then Doctor Strange was coming in May next year. Now that it's literally 18 months later, whether or not WandaVision will get delayed, the only good thing with WandaVision, it looks like a lot of that has been filmed. So they'll have that in the bank, and whether or not they're willing to put that one out a bit early. I, mean, I don't know. We just, but um, And also, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series, apparently they had two to three weeks left of filming. So I this, that movie is... I can, oh, that series, there is, I would say, they've not really announced it, but that, that series has got to be delayed. They've, they haven't even finished filming yet. They had a few more weeks to do. Apparently, they are looking at different locations of where they could film. Now, instead of going back to Europe, they might do it in Canada or something like that. But yeah, that, that series, if they've not filmed finished filming, I cannot see how they're going to get that out in August right now. I mean, they'll be able to, to do all the post work on stuff that they've already filmed, but... yeah you can only do so much because filming is only the first step or actually it's more like the third step, but things change too. Cause you'll be on set and you realize you can't shoot a shirt, a certain shot the way you wanted to Uh, edits after the fact change context. And so even if they have every piece built up exactly how they want it, you know, the special effects are done, the editing's done, music is done, but they still missing these two to three weeks of shots that could change everything. And all the work that they're doing now could end up being null simply because they, they had to make changes. Uh, it's very disappointing, but obviously I would prefer that the cast crew, all of them stay safe rather than uh, rush and get this done. Well, not only so much just being safe, but I think it's also the fact of I'd much rather have the proper show and the That's way it's supposed to be told rather than an edited, you know, where we lose two episodes and like a whole chunk of the story is missing because they've not done it. I'd rather they take their time. I mean, openly right now, where filming is and where it, you know, a lot of it was filmed in Atlanta while well, they've reopened. It's whether or not Disney are going to allow anyone to go down there and film. And it's all, you know, it's going to be closed sets and all the rest of it. I don't know. But right now, I, I, I go with the idea everything is delayed until <laughs> proven otherwise. Um, and I think that's probably the safest way to think of everything right now in terms of when things are going to arrive. Things are going to be six months to a year to two years late. And we're just going to just, it's forever just going to be one of those situations of, oh yeah, 2020, nothing came out that year. <laughs> it was the year that Onward came out and set Pixar back like yeah. a decade. Unfortunately. Yeah. So, I mean, the next big movie for them is July for Mulan and we'll have to see what happens with that. But yeah, there's no movies for a couple more months. The good thing is we have at least got Artemis Fowl coming up next. Um, moving on from there, we have got... Uh, the Princess Bride is coming to Disney Plus in the US on May the 1st. They did the kind of this little nice little trailery thing with the people that starred in it, talking about it coming to Disney Plus. It's important to note, um, probably just going to be North America because um, other com- in the international distribution rights are held by a different company. Apparently, you think Lionsgate are releasing the DVDs, etc. So it's probably just going to be you. I'll be honest, I've never seen it. I've always wanted to because I had Andre the Giant in, but I think the concept of when I saw it in the video shop and it said The Princess Bride, I went, that's a girl flick, and I did watch it. And then people go, well, how can you not watch it? It's just when you're in a video shop and then you see it and all you've got is a picture uh, on a thing and it's called The Princess Bride. Ten-year-old me would have looked and I went, no, I'm not watching that. <laughs> so you, you are, you won't get this maybe, but you are the real life Fred Savage from the princess bride because that that is yeah. actually the plot where uh, <laughs> it, you'll get it in the first couple minutes but it's the fred savage is homesick and yeah. his grandfather's like i'm gonna read you this book it's the princess bride and fred savage is like oh that's a girl book but it's got kissing in it and stuff and yeah. that is the entire point of the movie um i it'll be interesting to see because i think a lot of people myself included have a lot of nostalgia for the movie because we grew up with it um I'd be interested in a fresh uh, 2020 perspective on this movie because 
I, I don't know if I can look at it objectively this, anymore. I've seen it so much. Yeah. Uh, so many of the, the lines are now part of, you know, pop culture or meme culture. Well, there culture. was all these, like, memes and stuff coming out. Of course, when you've got, like, you're like, well, what, what, what's going on here? I don't, I'm, you don't, it just completely just whoosh. So I have already, and I, I was going to say to you, we're going to do that as our uh, maze movie that we, we do a, a retro movie review each month. That one is going to be maze because it's a bit like, yeah, I think I, it's like so many people, I mean, it was one of the most popular stories for a couple of weeks and I'm going, I've never seen it. And I think this will be a good opportunity to kind of jump in and watch it because I was like, going, yeah, I, I, this is, and that'll be interesting because I'm coming in completely from blood with no nostalgia. So yeah, um, it was very, a lot of people are excited about this one. I have to include myself in that. I, I did see it not that long ago before this announcement, obviously. Uh, it's just got so many great lines in it. The, yeah, hmm. the, you've heard most of them because of the, they're part of memes, but uh, the, the cast, the crew, the fights, it, it's, it is a fun movie. Yeah, so that one's good. Um, so also this week, we've had a lot of new content drop onto Disney+, Plus, but there's also been some stuff that didn't drop onto Disney+. Plus. It's been a little bit messy. I did do a video and an article earlier in the week about um, shows and dates missing their release dates because this past week alone, on Saturday, Sunday, we were supposed to get just Roll With It Season uh, 1. I think was it Tuesday, we were supposed to get Secrets of the Zoo Tampa. And then Wednesday was like Furry Files. I still can't pronounce that show. And then yesterday we were supposed to get, uh, was it Mars and Beyond and Man in Space. So this week there's been about five different things that they haven't, you know, this is why Disney have announced them. They've either put them out in a press release or they put them in their video. Now there is always that thing of card subject to change and all the kind of, you know, these kind of conditions can change and all the rest of it. But this is something that's been going on for months. We've talked about it in the past of shows missing their dates and not arriving on time. But this week has been one of the worst weeks we've had for content just not arriving. The Secrets uh, Zoo show in Tampa and also the Just Roll With It and Fairy Files have been given dates for May on the press release so that they should be coming. Now, it's important to note that this could be affected by the current situation. There's no doubt about getting around that this could be a legitimate reason that Something has not been done because someone's neither not at work or they can't do it from a home. And that is a legitimate reason. But also at the same time, it's important that we bring this stuff up and hold Disney people, you know, and go, look, okay, this in, you know, something's wrong going on. It has been going on for months, even before, because this happened way back in February and March, where we, and also January, where things have just not shown up. But I'm, if it was just this week only and all of that happened, I just, I would literally just rip the whole lot off to the, to the current situation. And that would have been, I'd have been like, yeah, give him a break. But it's been four months and it keeps happening monthly. It's like, but it's, it's a really iffy one at the minute. It, it, it's the same old nugget. We need to have communication from Disney. Just a simple press release. Hey, yeah. we announced this to come out in the beginning of April uh, because of the situation with the world or we want to spread out our, our releases a bit more. We're pushing it back to May. That's it. Yeah. That's all you need. I, I think most people would be fairly sympathetic to that, just as long as you, you own that it's not the way you want it. Now, obviously, you keep doing it over and over and over again. People will lose that um, the patience with Disney. But yeah. if you don't tell them anything, they don't have the patience to begin with, and you don't have a chance to, yeah. to get in front of it. I mean, the thing is, I mean, some of these older ones and stuff, you can kind of look at it and go, okay, maybe the quality wasn't right, or there's a technical aspect. But you get to a certain point of like, it was happening a while ago because I because obviously like I would I make up the articles each day when they when everything goes up, and on Fridays I make a video. And now back in like November December, I I could make them the the week the day before, and be like, well I'll, I'll do it now at the same time and I don't have to worry about it tomorrow kind of thing. And just great good. I was getting to the point. Oh, oh, they didn't put that up. I'm gonna have to edit that out. And it was getting to a point. This was back in January. It's like no, I actually have to wait till it's all come out because things keep drop, keep missing. So this is where I'm obviously I'm so much more aware of it with what I'm doing every day of where things are not happening. And that's for the last few months I've been doing that on Fridays. It was like, Oh, I can't pre-make these videos because that release schedule is becoming erratic. And you know, and ultimately at a certain point you can kind of go and people have started messaging me going, why is this has been, this hasn't arrived. This hasn't arrived. This hasn't arrived. Going, okay. Yeah. You know, you've, it's a situation that right now, the current 
virus problem could be causing some of it. But at the same time, why was it happening in January and February and March before all this? There might be more of them now because of it, but let me just go to see what happens in May. You know, if, if May's drops without a problem and there's only maybe one title, this week might have just been a really bad week for it. Yeah. I, yeah. Unfortunately, we've got no insight into why this is. We can guess. No. Um, and I but also, can guess yeah. as you do. So. It's, I think it's like I said, it's just, it's, it, it's imp- I know some people are like, well, it's because of the situation. That's why yeah, we, you can't, we can't, that ends up becoming a, you can't end up using that as a get out of free card for everything indefinitely you know at a certain point if you go well it was happening before then but at the same time you've got to give them a little bit of leeway but i do think it's important sometimes to know when things aren't working properly when things aren't happening um, also the the longer it goes on the less of an excuse you can use the virus simply yeah. because um you know this was announced for may something you've known for the, the virus has been going on for months you would have known a while yeah. ago that you were going to miss the let us know tell yeah. us so moving on from there, we have actually ha- we have had quite a few bits and pieces drop onto Disney Plus this week. So we did have the Tangled series that dropped in the US on Thursday. We also had on Earth Day on Wednesday, we had a brand new National Geographic documentary, Jane um, Godwit Goodall, Goodall, Jane Goodall, uh, The Hope. Um, that one was a, it's like a simulcast. It went out on National Geographic. It also went out on Hulu and Disney Plus. So it was day and day Disney Plus. Um, Again, I had an early version of it, so I was able to watch it a little bit beforehand. And kind of one of those things of I really had never really heard of her very much. I don't know if it's because even though she's British, she doesn't seem to I don't know if she's done a lot of presentation work in the last 15, 20 years over here. I've looked at I looked into her history and she did some stuff that back in the eighties, but generally I was like, I've really had no idea who you were until Disney Plus put on Jane. That was the first time I'd really kind of heard of her. And you know, watching the documentary of this you know, 85-year-old woman of what she's done in her career for animal welfare and just raising about you know, issues of women's rights in Africa and just as a whole. You, know, you watch this thing and go, you know, she's really made a massive difference. She's just been working hard. She, ha- she doesn't like and she's on the road 300 days a year she doesn't like it you know she's 85 and she knows she's not got that long left to kind of keep doing this but she loves it and she feels that it was her passion but also at the same time she fought within the system she met with politicians and oil companies and dealt with them rather than fighting them rather than kind of she was much more sort of go and meet them and have conversations with them and she'd travel with them and talk that way and try and do it within the system rather than you know, protesting and chaining herself and fighting that way. She kind of, and kind of watched this thing and go, well, she really has made such a difference to, you know, the, the that whole region and what she's been doing and her, um, you know, local groups that she runs and stuff. And it was just, I watched and thought, wow, what, what a really just great person to watch. And it's like, and I'm loving the fact that Disney Plus put this out on the same day as National Geographic. Um, in the US, it wasn't, um, in the UK, it's on Now TV. I think it looks to be like with National Geographic, we're getting things a month or two later because of an existing contract. Uh, Australia got it and New Zealand got it on Friday. Um, I'd really recommend checking it out. Um, I'm really hoping people watch this to kind of bring up the numbers for it. But just really interesting. Again, it's National Geographic. It's an adult documentary. You know, this was just really good. Yeah, unfortunately, I have not seen the documentary. I, it was one of the ones I knew I wanted to sit down and watch and give the proper, appropriate yeah. time to. I didn't want it as on like a second screen or, or something that yeah. was in the background. I do know who Jane Goodall is. I, I was aware of her from very young age, yeah. uh, mostly for her work with chimpanzees and, and mm. various other, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, gorillas and so on. Yeah. But so the, this part about women's rights and and uh really building up the african nations is fairly new to me i'm I'm only aware of the primate side of things yeah and i'm really looking forward to to kind of digging into it but it's interesting because jane goodall i don't she might be british but i think she's pretty well known in the states um i I think most of the people i've talked to like oh yeah i I know yeah Mostly only just like on a surface level. Oh, she's the yeah. woman who works with, with apes. Yeah. But still, uh, she's done a lot to bring awareness of those kind of issues 
around. She, she's been at it a lot longer. And I think a lot of people are actually surprised to find she's, she's even still doing it. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, because of her age stuff. But yeah, no, I was, I'm really impressed with it, and it was like, wow. And I was like looking at and like um, more details on this kind of the the thing. And I'm going, and I was, I'm like, oh, how have I missed this woman? I and literally was just like, well, I watched, you know, I watched animal documentaries all the time. I'm always watching all, all the big ones that happen over here. You know, if someone, if she, you know, it's like, but it's like she's not appeared on any, like you know, our TV shows like this morning or, or, and it was just along those lines of like watching it going, how, how, how have I missed this? <laughs> it's like, it was like when I go, when I'm going, it's not like, it's not like I don't watch, watch this. <laughs> but it, it's interesting it, is that, you know, she's not like Steve Irwin was, you yeah. know, she, she wasn't about doing the documentary. She wasn't yeah. about raising awareness through public access television or, or crazy stunts or whatever. She just wanted to do her work. She, she mm. go in work with the primates, learn about them, form relationships with them in some cases. And then, as you said, work with the local governments, work with the, the local businesses and factories and stuff to, to raise awareness there. But she was never the kind of person, oh, it's, it's Saturday morning, I got to see uh, yeah. Ape Life with Jane yeah. Goodall or something. That she, yeah. she went purely academic, which is great. Uh, and then you, you've got the other people like Steve Irwin did going in and, and bringing broad awareness and, well i mean i'll be honest it, it worked for me with steve erin because i used to watch his shows every week i used to love watching his tv shows i even made i think it was about a thousand mile round trip off where my beating track when i was backpacking through australia to go to australia zoo to go you know and that was the kind of thing of you know again where the impact comes in and i just i just i just watched this, this documentary and went, wow okay this is she's you know She's done some amazing work and she's the, all the stuff that's happening now, you know, she's had an impact into that and she's left leaving her, you know, what she's done behind for people that's come up. And like she said, get, get the youngsters involved in it really ages ago and they will go forward in their future and change. And you look at it and go, yeah, what she did, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, that's then impacted on people, you know, that are in, power now and kind of the older ones and i was just so i was just generally on the line to go yeah i <laughs> be honest between watching that and then watching uh the prop culture shows this week i was going oh there's some good stuff this week <laughs> it was just like i felt like now i'm actually like getting proper sit down documentaries that aren't you know and i was just like yeah this is a really good week um moving on from there we did also get uh the disney family sing-along uh, that got dropped, um, Shadow dropped onto Disney+. Plus. I was expecting it to drop. I'm glad they did it really quickly because those of us outside of the US hadn't seen it. Basically, a load of celebrities and Disney and the part, people in the Disney family singing songs, singing money with their songs. Some of them were doing it very, very professionally. Some of them were doing it with their kids and their families and having a bit of a mess about. With the bouncing ball, they were all filming it from home. Very much in the time, very much in the place done massive numbers on the on abc the, it's been one of the most watched shows they've done i watched it and i was there going this is fun this was a really nice easygoing thing when all this is over you're not going to want to watch it because it's not great quality but i mean the dancing was great i was just like this is cool i'm really glad disney kind of got this out there got it going there's been quite a few like big like events because like I think Lady Gaga she put on a, a show similar where she was got a load of people seeing and I sat through that for about 15-20 minutes and it was like do we have to have the people keep you know doing the house spiel before each song and all the rest of it and the Disney one was quick fast pace just jump in do the song keep everybody uplifted move on to the next one and then do the, and it was it it just flowed better as, a, as an episode than that, the, the Lady Gaga version that we had. And ours was slightly different here in the UK. They kind of had different presenters and stuff. But as a whole, I was like, oh, this one was so much more fun. It was just, it was a bit daft. It was a bit, bit naff, but it was stupid fun. And right now is exactly what we need. Did you watch it as well? I did watch it. Uh, it was a good distraction. I enjoyed it. Uh, I will say there were a number of things about it that I really enjoyed. There were a couple of things I was kind of like, yeah, maybe drop that. But, you know, we talked about Coco a couple yeah. of weeks ago, the live show for that. And one of the complaints was very similar. What you just said was um, 
they needed to do a little bit less presentation between yeah. the songs, but this did not have it. There was a very, you know, um, Kristen Chenoweth would pop in and say, all right, we've got um, this person singing th this song. And that was about it. That's all we yeah. needed. I appreciated the wide range of, of different ways that people sang the song. Some of them, like you said, it, they brought their kids in and the kids would sing like Donny yeah. Osmond had, yeah. had his kids singing the, uh, the Milan his song. And, yeah. Which was cute at the same time. Like, I'm not watching that part multiple times because no. I'd rather hear the professional version, but it was still cute at the time. Did, did you notice as well, Beyonce didn't want you singing with her? Did no, you, did, she didn't have the bouncing ball. <laughs> so I realized she's anyone? got... Yeah. I, actually, her section was the one that I, I liked least of all. It, yeah. was, it was the most obviously produced one. Um, yeah. You know, because the, the sound quality was fantastic on that yeah. one. Whereas you've got like, um, you know, those country stars singing is very yeah. obviously just being recorded on their phone with a microphone tape to it. And he's like reading this. <laughs> he's reading the yeah. I don't know what the words are. <laughs> I don't know what the words are. And Beyonce did, hers looked like, you know, yeah. not her usual production value, but still it looked like it could have been a music video. And to be honest, I was sitting there going like, this is so out of touch with the rest of the songs in terms of quality and the way she's doing it. I'm like, this is kind of jarring honestly the thing is it's, i mean was it um on andrea grande she did one but she she filmed it like multiple um takes in different outfits and they, but it still looked like she'd filmed it from home and it was like you know you can tell and it was the same thing with the the other one as well with the people that had like the professional gear at home and had the good cameras and the good you know microphones and all the rest of it and then you had the ones you know and it, it's i just thought it was good i just thought it was good honest fun daft stupid i'm glad it's on there i mean whether or not that gets removed once this whole, whole issue is over with i wouldn't be surprised because i don't think they'd want it around but i thought you know them dancing and doing all the things it was like this is cool this is it's not just watching a long tiktok video <laughs> uh, honestly it was and, it, and even though I'm, I'm sitting here and i'm like oh yeah the beyonce part wasn't that great it was still fun and I, yeah. and i didn't feel the need to skip past that part it just it felt out of out of touch with the other ones um mm. the ariana grande one also did kind of because it was again very produced. You could tell the difference between the people who, Take looked, like you were saying, they got the professional, but yeah. you could tell the people who also went back and uh, and touched things up and yeah. fixed things up. Because then, yeah. on the other side, I, I keep cutting you yeah. off here, but um, you've got Josh Gad and, and Luke yeah. Evans doing that was um, awesome. Gaston. That was great, but also you could tell from the sound quality that it was literally like we're doing this. Uh, we've got slightly better microphones, but it's still untouched or mostly untouched it's just I, them I mean, having a yeah. good time i mean luke evans i mean he was belting it you could see the like the veins in his neck were, and i was like wow that was a, i love that performance i thought that was great the other one was moana um i that can't think really of her name she was really good you know she knew the word she obviously she performed it enough but you know just her singing her own song doing it the way she, i thought that was great and i as a, as a, i mean they were bouncing through those songs they weren't you know there was a lot of songs in there in that amount of time there were a lot of songs and i also have to say i really appreciated that even though for the most part there were different people singing the song so you had moana singing moana you had donny osmond singing um, mulan and stuff but for the most part the songs were sung by people who did not traditionally mm -hmm. sing them but they stuck mostly to the style yeah. of them like the woman who sang um the Frozen song, you could yeah. tell she had a different interpretation, but it was still in line yeah. with the version we know. Because uh, there is one thing that irritates me so very much. Like you get the Disney every five or six years or so, they'll release new versions of the songs yeah. with modern pop artists. And they're just so different from what you grew up with. It's, it's, yeah, it's crazy jarring. Like I'm, if you've ridden the ferry from the Disney Kingdom, Magic Kingdom, yeah. instead of taking the, the monorail, they normally play these songs yeah. over the end. It's like, no, I don't want to hear the super poppy version of Under the Sea. It's just, it's weird hearing it this yeah. way. So I appreciated that these songs, while different, you could still hear the original yeah. in them. Yeah, I just thought it was a whole very well done. I thought it was very nice to put together and as a whole just again and again it, it feels like it, it was a good week for um disney plus all of this stuff um moving yeah no moving on from there um australia and new zealand also got um onward they've now got that on there no yet date for the european release guessing again contracts also australia and new zealand got um dark phoenix and also the netherlands got it as well x-men dark phoenix so that one is good so um most of europe and most of canada or canada and most of europe the actually the only place that hasn't got it i think is the us 
they've got most of the X-Men movies and they've got a lot more things like that, especially like the 20th century studio stuff. So they've had some good stuff. And other episodes, for example, Be Our Chef, but I'll be honest, I haven't watched that for weeks. I kind of fell out of that one. But then Clone Wars. Um, wow. Again, this, that is, this is one series that is just kicking it at the end. They are going for... This is, this is, I almost feel like you know, people have been saying, well, they should take these four episodes and just made them into a movie. It's like, they should have done it. It would have got so much more attention if they dropped that on May the 4th as just like one big epic finale in one shot. Because it, I mean, it ended and it could have just gone straight into the next one. I thought it was so good. The editing suggests that the plan is to release it as a, uh, a single episode yeah. or a single movie at some point, and they're just releasing it in this format because it's what we're used to. They could even drop the whole thing on May the 4th where you get the final episode yeah. and you also get the uh, mm. collected edition or whatever you want to call it. But either way, loved it. Another great episode. Yeah. I wish we had had this level of quality from the beginning of season seven, <laughs> but still, uh, you know, that opening with Ahsoka and Maul just – just having that really yeah. tense scene was it set the tone and it was great all the way through. I love they dropped in Obi-Wan really briefly just to let us know where in revenge of the Sith, this was kind of taking place because they do overlap and I'm not going to talk about any of the other specifics because yeah. I want, I, I think yeah. people should. Enjoy it's, the it, yeah. It, it's just so good. I mean, it's, it's on another. It's, I mean, we talk about another level from that. That, that especially that mid-story arc with the sisters, which just now you look at it and go, "You're on a different." This that feels like an entirely different series compared to what we're watching with these 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 last two episodes. They are so good, and the music and the presentation. I mean, the fight scenes and stuff as well. I mean, uh, the actor that played Darth Maul, um, he returned to do the motion capture for this stuff, and the, just the quality. I mean it. I mean, all the, the marks on the costumes and stuff just looks incredible. And I'm just sat there, hey, you're going, I cannot wait till ne- next week. Because not only did we get an episode on Friday, but then on May 4th, we're going to get another episode. But yeah, just, I just can't wait for this. This has been such a great finale. And if you've never watched The Clone Wars, you almost feel like just going, just watch this, this arc. Don't worry about the other episodes. This is such a good story. It is. I mean, you'll lose a certain amount of context. You, you maybe won't know like the the minute details of what's driving Darth Maul or or uh who Ahsoka Tano is who the various yeah. clone troopers are who the various Mandalorians are but it doesn't matter it just holds together really really well and there was a great attention to detail there's that scene where where Maul goes through something yeah. but he's got his lightsaber on and you yeah. can see the two cut marks out of <laughs> yeah. the side it's like that's cool <laughs> And there was and there's like little nods to solo and the whole thing it's just tying it all together in a nice little yeah, bow. Uh, was I imagining or I, I think I saw Draven as one yeah. of the uh, the was, holograms that Maul yeah. was talking to. I didn't know I didn't spot it. I think I was looking to the left rather than the right or something in that you know, like kind of like who's that? Who's that? And that screen had gone by the time it wasn't until I saw a picture later on. I went, oh, he wasn't it. They made a little note to the main villain from Solo. And it's just and just the way that Maul is of just like you know what he's thinking and you kind of almost you're siding with him because you're like, I know what's happening. <laughs> and he's right. Help. <laughs> they, they did some very good pieces to that. Cause there's, there is a, a common trope in these kind of stories where, you know, the villains join me. We can do, you know, it's yeah. heck it's in empire strikes back. Join me. We yeah. can take down the emperor, etc. And you get that moment where like, actually you, you may want to consider this. <laughs> This might actually be a good idea. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, of course, you, you know, it's not going to go yeah. that way. We know how the story ends. That, and that's why we, it's very hard to do a prequel. You know, um, we saw that with the Star Wars prequels. We've seen that with plenty of other movies that have done prequels. It's very hard to do a prequel properly. This particular set of episodes is doing it extremely well because they get to take tropes, which are cliche, like that join me and we can defeat the yeah. Emperor. And like oh no it be because Ahsoka would never do that and she's going to triumph anyway because good beats evil and we're like uh actually uh no the emperor yeah. does win yeah and I mean I kind of look at it man go could you imagine if they made the prequels now it'd be like five movies and they had all the stuff in the clone wars to cover you know it'd be so much more detailed and it's that really weird thing of these series is making the prequels better 
they haven't changed the prequels at all, but the Clone Wars is kind of filling in the dots that make it more fleshed out. And I can't wait till I end up doing this with the, with the new trilogy where we they're going to kind of flesh out what's been going on. But yeah, I'm just really impressed with this whole series. History kind of skews our thing, our thinking. Yeah. And I, and I'm definitely in that mindset where I'm like the clone wars, both this and the original clone wars, um, hand-drawn series and rebels, of course, all really do build on it and make it a better story. And you can go back and you can watch revenge of the Sith now and go, okay, we're at this point in this story arc. And so this is where Obi-Wan would be making the communication and so on. And, and like you said, I'm going, we need this in the sequel. We need something to fill in all those stupid stories. That, what the heck is Palpatine doing over here? How's he getting millions and millions of people? How are there starter stories, et cetera? And I'm thinking, oh man, they really need to get on it. But if we remember, you know, the, these movies or the Clone Wars movie that started this off didn't come until many, many years after no. the prequels were done. No, I think that's the kind of thing really, but just generally as a whole, the Clone Wars have been a really good, um, kind of fill in and I feel like you know it's essentially I mean this ep- these episodes that we're watching now we should have had years ago because essentially the show got cancelled and they still had they still had this story to tell but they hadn't weren't able to make it so Disney kind of went forward and pushed it forward and kind of so this these, these episodes should have come out years ago but in some ways, why by holding off and the way they've done it, these now have got better because of t- today's technology. I mean, they, they're quite jarring compared to some of the old, older episodes. But yeah, I mean, just a great finish. This is definitely keeping keeping that kind of Star Wars momentum building, um, which I think they've done a very good job of. The trouble is, again, the animated series instantly puts people off doing it. And it's a shame because there are some amazing art. And you're watching all these fight scenes and you're going, I wish people would take this more seriously because let's be honest, in the movies, it's exactly the same animation. (laughs) All the people fighting around and all the rest, they're still just computer. It's just a a more expensive um, cartoon, basically. Yeah, it is. But there's a... (laughs) There's a different feeling to it. I don't know. People are very particular about it and it's very awkward. It's a... It's a fun thing where people are like, oh, they're, they're just so heavily computer generated. It's also fake. And like, you remember the Ray uh, Harryhausen, you know, did you actually believe that he was fighting a skeleton or were you going, wow, that's a very janky stop motion skeleton. It, the people were more willing to accept it though than CGI. Um, uh, to build on what you were saying yeah. though, we, we mentioned this last week, but it, it bears repeating again. The fact that this did not come out at the end of Clone Wars has given them a chance to go back in and add things that mm-hmm. make sense now. They would never have had Draven in this originally. Yeah. I mean, he, we, why would you? Because he doesn't yeah. exist at that point. You, you don't have a little shot of Kanan Jarrus in the first episode of the arc mm-hmm. because Kanan Jarrus doesn't exist. Why would you refer to Ahsoka as Fulcrum? because Fulcrum's a name she adopted in, in Rebels, things like that. So they get to do things that they yeah. wouldn't have done before. They get to tie in with things that we know now that would not have made any sense, even if they had alluded to them previously. Yeah, I think just as a whole, a fantastic episode. I definitely jump in and watch it on. I feel like this week, I feel like it was like, one of sometimes with Disney Plus, and they're going, like each week, going, not much, not, it's like this week, I feel like I've, I really kind of felt like I've gotten my money's worth between, Obviously, the upcoming prop culture episodes, everyone else is going to get to see the Jane um, Goodall documentary, the Clone Wars. Also, we'll be talking about uh, First Avenger in another episode. And just watching a few movies and stuff this week, I really feel like I've had a really, and yeah, like the, the, the stay at home show. And I just think as a whole, it's been, it's been quite a good, solid week for Disney Plus this week, um, which is exactly what we all need. I agree completely, and I'm looking forward to next week for the next episode of Clone Wars, plus whatever else is dropping. And then, of course, the week after with May the 4th when we get uh, the gallery, the final episode of Clone Wars. It's going to be bittersweet, but I'm, I have high hopes for that episode as well. Yes. So then, guys, thank you very much for joining us in this episode. If you haven't already done so, make sure you do hit that subscribe button on YouTube or on audio platforms as well. You can catch it on a number of different platforms, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. Make sure you go check us out over at whatsondisneyplus.com. You can join our Facebook group and find us on all the different social medias to keep up with everything. And on that note, guys, thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you guys soon. Later. Later.